0: Hey, really excited to speak with today's special guest Danielle Crawford who is zooming in from our nation's capital, Ottawa, Ontario. And the reason I'm excited to chat with Danielle is because her journey in real estate investing I find fascinating. She started off doing joint ventures on the money side of the of, of the equation, then she moved into being the active partner, and these days she's getting into wholesaling multifamily properties. So Danielle, welcome to the call. Great to have you here.
1: Hi Dave. Thank you very much. Very excited to be a guest on this podcast because I've definitely like listened as a like as a viewer, you know, so it's really well, cool to great. be in the hot seat for once. Yeah.
0: Well it's it's our honor our honor to have you here and hopefully we won't make the seat too hot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see. We'll see how that goes.
0: All right, so hey, tell us a little bit about your backstory. What got you peaked and curious about real estate in the first place?
1: So, um, as you mentioned, I'm born and raised in Ottawa, Ontario. Mm-hmm. I am 31 years old, and I work right now full time for the government at the Department of National Defense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, like, got so, me so we got to be real- extra
0: nice to you because you get access yeah. to the weapons. Gotcha. Got exactly. It. All
1: right. Yeah, I know the guys with the guns. Yeah.
0: <laughs> be extra dice.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it was interesting, because I would never truly meant to get into real estate. Like mm. it was never something I intentionally sought out at the time. Um, I before I started my career in the government, I actually used to go backpacking. So I finished university, and I would work one or two jobs for six months, and then I'd leave to go travel the world. I went on trips by myself, I went on trips with friends. But I, I, I did worked-
0: I did that too for two and a half years.
1: Did you? That's amazing. Way, way
0: before you were born.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I think yeah, yeah. I think that like travel is, I think, this universal thing, right? Like it's so appealing to everyone. It's accessible in different ways. And for me, I worked full-time in university, paid for it in cash. And then when I finished, I was really looking to go out and experience the world. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have any debt. A lot of my friends had to start working right away. I wanted to get some experience, like live life, be young. And Mm -hmm. so I did that. And it was this amazing experience. You know, it really taught me a lot. Obviously, between university and this taught me a lot about managing my own finances and saving money. Mm -hmm. And when that came to an end, and I started my career job, I still had that habit of like knowing how to save. But I didn't know how to grow my money or make my money work harder for me. That wasn't really a concept that like I was taught growing up. You know, my parents are very responsible people, um, very risk averse. They manage their money, you know how they do it, and but they like they they weren't the people who were like, oh, this is how you're going to go out and invest. This is how you get into stocks, you know. So right. at 28, 29 years old, I was starting to figure, or 28, I think, I was starting to figure that out for myself because I finally had a little bit of cash, uh, didn't know what to do with it, and then COVID hit. Hmm. So my so you got you yes. got to go
0: home you got to work from home for quite a while yeah.
1: i did i started working from home and my boyfriend now fiance and i were okay. living downtown in like a one-bedroom apartment yeah. we were going to kill each other so we we were like we have to look for a bigger spot and he threw out the idea at the time of buying a house and at that point i was like i wasn't set in my career he was still sort of up and coming in his mm-hmm. and that really freaked me out i was like i don't know anything about home ownership but if we want to go travel again yeah. But it sort of just got that mental note of how do it, like how could I make that happen, even if it's not something we're doing right now?. Got it. So you know, we moved, we started renting again. And I just started to get really curious about money. And first, it started with like looking into stock options and how that works, like index investing. Then it started into like TFSA and RSPs and mm-hmm. how do I make that work? And I started to listen to podcasts. That was my foray into like the financial literacy world, really. Right. And I heard someone talking about just like my, money management. And like, she like a really impressive, like female investor who like was just, she just seemed to really understand how money worked. You know, nice. like, she wasn't super heavy into one or the other I felt at the time. And so I reached out for help and, you know, I thought, I thought she was going to tell me like, put your money in the TFSA and this is how you'd invest it. And when we really got talking about my goals and the access to capital that I had and my like savings, she introduced this concept of real estate. Okay. And yeah. And at the time, like I really, you know, I had just said, I don't want to be a homeowner. We had just moved, signed a lease. Yeah. And then she's like, but you could do this. And the opportunity that she introduced me to was being a passive investor on a rental investment. Okay. And it was something that we could afford to do, not in Ottawa. So we, she started to explain that like, you don't have to invest where you live. You can like rent where you live and then buy somewhere else. And you can own something that will put money in your pocket. Brent Own had the three-year timeline, which we thought would work for us in terms Mm -hmm. of buying our own house one day. And then um, we didn't keep my, fiance didn't want to be a landlord. That was like
0: perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Passive investing sounded good. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So where so then,
0: so maybe run us through just kind of the big picture overview of the deal. Yeah, where you you guys are in Ottawa. Where was the property that you ended up investing in?
1: So we bought it. It's in Sudbury and Valcaron, mm-hmm. and we were. She introduced us to a company there that sets up and structures the deal. They vet the tenant buyers. They we got to pick them. Like you know, they introduced them to us, just yeah. their profile, and we get to ask questions, and then we sort of pick who the right people were for us. Mm-hmm. They went out and picked the property. We purchased oh. it, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, I
0: actually did that for a number of years. The tenant first rent own model, yeah. yeah, very nice, nice.
1: It was, and it was, and amazing. so the the company
0: manages the whole thing. You guys don't have to worry about anything. It just,
1: yeah, they babysit yeah, the totally. tenant. They
0: collect the rents, all that good stuff. Perfect, yeah. yeah they good. check
1: they check in on it, and for us, that was an amazing thing. And to what it did for us was really show us that one, this is an accessible way for us to grow our income. And two, I didn't know that you could ever buy real estate as a partnership, like mm-hmm. as an active or passive partner. Yeah. So it put all these, It sort of like, was this aha moment, like we could do this. Yeah. And for me that deal started say like in May of 2021 and then by the time it closed in September, I knew that I didn't want to be the passive partner anymore. I was like, you know, I was, I, I was reading all this. I was listening to all the questions. I I want to be in the driver's
0: seat. Yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah. And I just, I saw the power of it. And I realized that for me, somebody who's very proud to do the work I do, like I work for the military, um, I help them get funding for military projects. And so that's like billion dollar budgets and stuff that we're working on to make sure that our military has what they need to do, their jobs and keep us safe. I think
0: they just got their budget cut by a billion dollars or something crazy like that.
1: Yeah. Anyhow, oh, that's yeah. a
0: different topic, but hey, so totally you, you got your, you got your work cut out for you. Got
1: it. A hundred percent. But what it did, like, I've never been somebody who wanted to like work until I'm 65, rich, like work 35 years at a desk job. When yeah. I was backpacking, I saw people working remote and like living alternatively. Yeah. So it was a very weird, like 180 to go into this career job where you're very set you know, safe, security
0: government. Yeah, for sure. And the people that you work with that are just plugged right into that whole lifestyle. I hear you. Exactly. And so So, to me, yeah, you got started passively. So tell me about the active side of things. What did you jump into as your first active deal?
1: So I, as soon as that deal closed within a couple of months, I had joined the coaching program. I ended up buying a duplex. So I closed on a property September, 2021 bought a duplex with JV partners who raised hundred percent of the capital by December 2021 mm-hmm. and then bought a fourplex and closed on that in April 2022. <laughs>
0: Congratulations that is fantastic so are they close to Ottawa or are they at a distance as well?
1: So the two that I'm the active partners on are an hour and a half from where I live mm-hmm. so it's in Pembroke Ontario it's close to a military base it's got a college, universities, stuff there. So yeah. it worked out, but I knew if I was going to be the active partner, I wanted to be close by, like more hands-on. I really like to get involved with what I'm doing. I'm very mm-hmm. passionate about what I do. And mm-hmm. also too, I'm very, re- I take a lot of pride and I have a lot of integrity about my partnerships. And these people have trusted me with their like fa- like their like retirement money, with their mm-hmm. finance. Like This is what they have access to. This is their capital. I take that as a very big responsibility So Mm -hmm. I wanted to be somewhere where I can grow a team, but also if I need to go and address an issue, I could be there. So that worked out for me, like navigate, just pivoting to a market that was closer to home.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. So let's, let's unwrap that a little bit more, Danielle, because I always find that, that fascinating, especially doing your first deal with joint venture partners. And you said Mm -hmm. they financed a hundred percent of that. Is that correct? They yes. did. So sometimes those joint venture partners are called mom and dad. Um, I'm not sure if if you've got family members involved or these are other people. And the question would be, how did you get them engaged without having a track record already? I'm always curious about yeah.
1: that. Yeah, yeah, and I will be very honest. So my none of my investment partners are my family. Good. Or yeah, some of the Good. one of them is a, a friend of mine that I went through work. Her mm-hmm. and her husband had already owned a real, like owned their house and used to house tax. So they were renting out a room, like rooms mm-hmm. in it to cover their rent. They started having kids. They, so they believed in real estate already knew the too power busy. of it too busy. Yeah. And then my second partner actually same thing Well, she's actually a CPA. So she's an accountant and she'd owned, they'd owned a rental before they had one when um, we started working together mm-hmm. and they were having their second baby. So again, too busy. all this knowledge, all the ability, totally bought into the idea of real estate, too busy. And I think for people who are starting out as newbies and looking to raise capital, picking a partner like a JV, we call them like the joint venture avatar, right? Like your profile. Yeah. I think it's much easier to approach people who already buy into the concept of owning property and building wealth that way. They- okay.
0: So, so you've, so let's back up a little bit. Did you mm-hmm. already, was this a duplex or the fourplex was your first one that you did? duplex duplex so let's take a look at that one yeah So you got this you found the duplex did you have it under contract and then go looking for the money or did you already had you already been talking with your avatars ahead of time
1: So I had been talking with those partners a little bit already, what I had been doing and what I was, uh, what I was mentored through at the time was, you know, start sharing what you're doing on social media, Mm -hmm. build a brand. And so I was doing that. I was really honest about like what I was doing and working hard and what I was learning. Also very honest about what I didn't know. And to me, that was important about like leveraging the experience of somebody else. I grew up playing competitive sports. I always had a coach. I want to invest with other people's money. I think having a mentor and paying for that. To get their expertise where I'm weak was a really important thing to do. And it did add credibility and it became more comfortable for my partners to know that I was accountable to somebody. Somebody with more experience was looking at these deals and helping to troubleshoot some of those problems. Mm-hmm. So that was a big thing. And then what happened was um, my social media platform, like just showing up and being you know, authentic on there and sharing what I was doing, attracted people to me. Mm-hmm. And from that, we started having those conversations. So I didn't necessarily like raise it through complete social media. I did like I took those partners good because we you gotta dinner. be really
0: careful with Ontario securities doing that kind of yes. stuff. So yes, gotta be very very and, that.
1: Yeah. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that as a newbie, when I was watching all these people who are like buy all these houses, you know, no no money down, do this mm-hmm. like no like all JV partners all the way OPM. Nobody ever talked about securities law or the risks of like sharing certain details online or what you're responsible to. So that was a learning curve and something I'm more mindful of now. That I'm a bit more seasoned and I've I've like sort of stacked my community with people who are on the other side of wealth, which was a big thing for me during the market downturn as well. You know, it was just I was like I've never gone through this before. I don't have a this coach anymore, like. I want to be around people who can help advise me and put me in the right direction and who we work together well like well with
0: yeah but so okay so let's look at that deal so that's great so you'd you've been documenting your journey on social media for a while you'd been mm-hmm. part of different communities and talking with people and kind of the the soft approach then yeah. this opportunity lands on your lap or you find it I'm not sure how you came across it but you, you got the duplex so how would you without going into too much detail, because we don't have that much time, but how yeah. were you able to close on that property and bring the investors on board and line it all up in a timely
1: fashion? So that one, we, the property was vacant. So that was easier. We didn't have tenants to contend with. I've nice. been sitting on the market for a little while. I was using a realtor going on market for that deal. Mm-hmm. So I did have the time to like get in right away and do the inspection. I was raising the capital. My investors were interested. I presented it to them. We mm-hmm. met and they cared a lot more, sort of, about the soft details than the house itself. Yeah. And I think that was because they already bought into the concept. It was more like, how are you going to handle exactly. problems? Because
0: they they're you know, investing are you in responsible you. For? They're investing in you. The property is just the collateral for that investment.
1: Exactly. And so, um, just being really upfront and clear, we obviously had a very solid joint venture agreement outlining the roles and responsibilities of the active partner, who is me, and the passive partner for them. And then everything after that, we just handle as a team. Like, I, ob- I obviously shoulder the response, like I'm the day to day responsibility and management. But if there's a t- point where we have to make decisions, like we're on a variable rate, our mortgage mm-hmm. has gone up. We are still cash flowing on all our properties, which is phenomenal. But we have had those conversations of like, where's our red line on that? You know, we just, we check in when we have to. And then otherwise I like to share good news as well, not just bad news. So I think that's a good practice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I find some people only talk to their partners if they're like, oh, we have a problem. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah." So I like to be like, hey, the tenant just said this like really great thing about us. You know, you should know that, or they're really happy. So, and my other philosophy for all my partnerships is I never bring a problem to my joint venture partners. My job is to shoulder that burden. So if we have to do, make a decision together, I will find the solutions and present them to them and mm-hmm. we can go through like which one I recommend or what we both want. And then, but other than that, like I I take the brunt of that for them.
0: No, that makes sense. So Danielle, you're, you're now kind of looking at different opportunities as we wrap up our, our conversation. Tell me a little bit about multifamily wholesaling. What does that mean? What does that look like? What's that all about?
1: So what I, through like working on my past deals, I got connected with Matthew Frederick, who I know, you know, actually, and we are now working together as business partners. And he's been doing real estate, obviously, for like 40 years at Mm -hmm. a very, very high level. And I knew by the end of like my third deal, that I was just like, this is a lot of work. I'm, even if you have other people putting capital into your deals, you're still responsible to like, have reserve funds in case you have to put money into a property. I think there's this myth that like no money down deals at the start are always a no money down deal. Your partners are not an infinite banking system for you. So we, and we did hit challenges with our buildings, which required me to put in money. So, and frankly, I was just like, I have seven units across three properties and managing these partnerships. I was like, if I want to keep going, I don't want to have 200 joint venture partners and 200 units. I want, and so when I got connected with Matthew, he was teaching me one about going bigger sooner. So like looking at larger spaces, like, you know, the 10 plus units, 12 plus units, they work harder. It's one furnace <laughs> instead of having like 10 buildings to manage. So a little bit easier. And then the concept too, of like, you don't have to own everything to be productive in real estate. So wholesaling sort of solves a problem I have where I would like to have my own capital to do some of my own deals. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our own investment goals. I also wanna have them just to continue scaling and having access to reserve funds. I think it's an excellent skill to have to bring to the table because it brings any opportunity that comes across your desk if it's a good one and you can assign it, great return on time. And the multifamily space, especially in the economic times we're in now is like more investor friendly. You know, you've got several people paying one mortgage if you've got a vacant unit or a non-paying tenant, which is a very big risk, especially in Ontario. less impact to your bottom line at the end of the day, mm-hmm. more control over like how you can force appreciation on that asset. by no, controlling There's lots the of income. advantages
0: to multifamily for sure. So curiosity, Danielle, yeah. what's, what are you guys, what are you, Matthew, finding working best these days for finding these kind of deals? You're finding them off market, I would assume. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, Matthew special, like specializes in finding deals off market and then really convincing building owners who are not thinking of selling to sell. Nice. so that's what we've been working on and Excellent. you know we were underwriting a 14 unit our 14 building portfolio in Moncton. we're speaking with property owners and we've got some people who want to get out of they want to sell us their building to do a land development project with us because okay. yeah. that's matthew's skill set as well like he's built yeah. subdivisions so it's sometimes showing people like we're connecting with them we're reaching out you know we're doing the doing the grunge work to really like get those numbers and then Showing them that there's another side of real estate that some people think they're done. Some people, same thing. They've owned all these buildings. They've never had someone approach them to be a partner. So now they might want to invest with us. Right. So it's just been a very different investing philosophy, but that was sort of the transition into wholesaling like multi multifamily buildings.
0: Very cool. Well oh, that ties in beautifully. Awesome, yeah. Danielle. Well, this is fascinating. Congratulations on your rapid progression <laughs> in the real estate investing world. From knowing nothing at the beginning of COVID and not wanting to own your own home, or or anything like that, not being tied down to having three revenue properties, and now getting involved in wholesaling multifamilies—that's fantastic. So Danielle, if somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Um, they can find me on Instagram. It's at Homegirl Invest because for me, it all started with home. So at HomeGirl Invest, and then we also have at high ground dash invest, which is my and Matthews business. Um, you can reach out to me on either platform. I will respond. I am always a excited to connect with people, especially whether they're interested in getting into real estate or looking for buildings to buy. You know, if you're a buyer looking for large multifamily, reach out to us. We have deals coming through the pipeline and we would love to, you know, help solve a problem for somebody else.
0: Awesome. All right, Danielle, take care. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much. All right, everybody, take care. We'll see you on the next episode.